You're now listening to the Limerick Post News Roundup, where we bring you the week's news in bite-sized portions. This week's podcast is brought to you by Harvey Normans, where they now have their half-yearly clearance sale. I'm now joined in studio by Jerry Collison, Head of News. Jerry, how are you getting on? Very well, thanks, Ken. Um, front page of this week's paper, it's a shocking news of Kevin Sheehy. He was murdered during the week, and a man has been charged with the murder of the champion boxer. Yes, indeed. Yeah, 29-year-old man from uh, Coventry in England um, appeared at uh, Limerick District Court on Wednesday morning, um, charged with the uh, murder of uh, Kevin Sheehy. Um, Again, this is something that just shocked the entire community. Uh, Kevin was a very, very promising young boxer. He was the holder of uh, five national titles, and he was also uh, set fair to be on the... Olympic boxing team. He was um, tipped by no less an authority than uh, Bernard Dunn of the High Performance uh, Boxing Centre um, as being one of the athletes that they had lined up for um, the Olympic team uh, in the next Olympics. Um, very, very um, emotional and um, harrowing scenes at the um, at the site of the of the of the incident where, where Kevin lost his life, and also at the at the courthouse uh, on on Wednesday morning, very very heavy guard presence, as you might imagine, and um, you know there, there there were some some uh, outbreaks and some uh, some people quite upset at 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 the hearing. So um, the man that was charged, uh, Logan Jackson from Coventry, uh, he was remanded in custody to appear in court again on July the 9th. And we'll bring you more news and updates on that as we get it. Um, to another story, uh, Jerry, with a, a water bug hitting Camogie players. Yeah, and the weekend that they that they that the hurlers um, managed to sort of sink the Tipperary juggernaut, um, we had the uh, county camogie players, both senior and junior, um, coming down with some sort of a mystery bug after uh, drinking water at the Crow Kilfinney GA, GA grounds um, while they were playing their their. Um, championship uh, games against uh, Wexford for the seniors and Kerry for the juniors last uh, Saturday. So Limerick City and, uh, City and County Council are involved in an investigation into possible issues arising from uh, the incident. Now, it's a private water supply, which means that the council's principal involvement will be in the area of just environmental control and just um, figuring out what went wrong. Um, but thankfully, all of the players seem to be fairly OK. And um, well, for the record, I suppose the, the seniors managed to win against Wexford and uh, the juniors had to give second best to Curry in their match. So uh, what, what will happen? This is a private uh, water well. Yeah, what, what, what's happened is that the, that the council have taken samples. Um, they, they sunk two boreholes in the grounds and they've sent those off for, uh, for testing. So um, the results of that will be known in the next few days. And in the meantime, the council is liaising with the HSE, Environmental Health Unit, and, uh, and also with Irish Water. Very good. And uh, we, we received news this week, Jerry, that uh, the Cleves uh, quarter, the rejuvenation of that area of Limerick, uh, is hopefully going to begin soon. Yes. Um, yeah, the entire um, 
planning and preparation now is getting underway for Cleves now that the um, Opera Centre has uh, proceeded to, to planning stage. They're now looking at the procurement stage uh, for the Cleves, uh, what they call the Cleves Riverside Quarter. Most people will know it from that iconic chimney that, that rises up to greet you as you come in along the Condell Road. Uh, it's, it's actually amazing how close it is to the city centre. And again, it's the uh, Limerick 2030 um, group that are behind this. Um, you know, people will know that this was a, a, a strategic vehicle that was set up by the city and county council to develop some of these sites around the city. So you'd have, let's say, the one um, iconic one in in uh, in Henry Street, Gardens International. Then you have the... Um, the um, opera centre is the next. The opera centre, yeah, yeah, it is on the tip of my tongue. And then, then finally, the the Cleve site, and as well as that, there's a fairly significant development going out and going on on the site of the old uh, Mungra College. Um, but the Cleves one is is very interesting because in their um, initial investigations into it and the initial strategy set up, um, they're talking that it could have the the potential to generate and maintain 1,500 jobs, which is a huge amount if you think about it in the city centre. You know, we have such um, progress made, you know, over the last decade. It, you know, almost defies imagination. You know, it's just it's just fantastic. And, and to see development on that side of the river as well, because most of the development so far have been on the city side. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But as I say, you know, it is it's in, it's within spitting distance yeah. nearly of, you know, Henry Street or Connell Street. You know, it's just so unusual to have such a big site um, so readily available. Um, and, you know, it's it looks like as if there's multi-purpose there. You know, it's got commercial potential, residential, educational, you know, practically ticks all of the boxes and sticking with the Limerick 2030 then we have Gardens International there was news the Nordic Aviation yeah they, they were the, they were if you remember they were the anchor tenants that yep. came in and that's not too long ago I mean it's only a few weeks since the since the whole project was officially launched and um, now we hear that uh, Nordic are taking on two other floors of the development I mean that's that's very very quick for something you know that big that significant to happen so i guess you know it's a big big vote of confidence in the city and And also in 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 you know the development of the city center especially the work that limerick 2030 are doing absolutely and then uh so that's office space and rent but uh there was news on rent controls in limerick with new rent pressure zones added with limerick city west and north yeah, I suppose if you think about it, you know, the two could be interrelated. If you're going to have so much um, new jobs coming into the area, you're also going to have a huge demand for accommodation. And, you know, it's no secret that over the last few years, the cost of renting in Limerick and particularly Limerick City has risen enormously. You know, it's estimated in the DAF.ie surveys and the whole lot. It's something like 96, somewhere around there, almost 100% of a rise since the lowest point just a few years ago. So, you know, could be paying out well over a grand a month. The average is €1,195. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's a fair old chip out of anybody's uh, wage packet. So it means that what's happening now, um, last March, 
the um, government imposed a rent restriction zone in uh, Limerick City East, which would be out there near um, near Castle Troy around UL. As you can imagine, there'd be a lot of, of rented accommodation around there. But now what they've done is they've made the entire metropolitan area, the entire city area, that that now is a rent pressure zone. And that brings in a lot of restrictions, let's say, on what landlords can do and can't do. For instance, you know, rents can't rise by any more than 4% a year. And there's also more stringent regulations being introduced as well that sort of protect tenants' rights and, um, you know, make the landlords a little bit more responsible for the people that they're that they're renting on. And the these rent pressure zones were generally welcomed by a lot of politicians, but it was a, a Limerick TD who, who says it's a little too late. Yeah, that, and this has been something, now this is, this is Morris Quinlevin, but this is something that would be echoed across, you know, most of the, most of the opposition politi- politicians. You know, they would be saying that, look, it's a case now nearly of locking the stable door once the horse is bolted. Um, yeah, there's a certain amount of a certain amount of, of, of merit in that. Um, the demands for the metropolitan area to be made into a rent pressure zone have been going on for oh, I suppose maybe two, three years anyway. And, you know, the point is they're saying, well, now we're at a stage where the rents have almost doubled. Is it a little bit late now to be imposing this this rent pressure zone on it? I don't know. I mean, it, it's 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 how you view it either from the landlord perspective or from the tenant's perspective you know one is going to clash with the other just the same way as opposition and government would clash so i think with things like this it's only time can really tell if they work or not yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, jerry thanks very much for joining us and uh, go off now and enjoy the lovely weather for the evening well thank you very much for that dispensation <laughs> <laughs> This week's podcast is brought to you by Harvey Norman, who have their half-yearly clearance sale underway now. I'm now joined in studio by host of the Limerick Post show, Megan Scully. Megan, how are you getting on? I am great. I'm having a, like a pretty great week. I can't believe it's already July, and I can't believe it's already the week's just going so fast. I'm like, and I'm well jealous of you being up in Lynch yesterday at the golf. Great time. Um, <laughs> very last minute, would you believe my tag rugby training got cancelled? So some of the girls said... Why are we going to clear? That's where all the crack is. So we went down and we get to this, went to the Spanish Point and we went to the Armada Hotel and I got to chat to Marty Morrissey, Lovely. who I adore, and uh, John Burke, who owns the Armada Hotel. Um, there was a classic celebrity golf shootout happening. So what they did was they got like an old boat and they, I'm going to, my terminology now is going to be wrong. They put a green on it. A green, yeah. With obviously the golf hole thing. A and a hole. <laughs> and then they put it out there into the ocean and they, you put off from the cliff edge pitch maybe i tell you about pitching yeah. pitching swung the, and basically hit the ball yeah. and the aim was to get the ball on the green and nobody did it cool was it a big green or small or what? tiny tiny now i'm going to say this because i know a lot of people are cribbing and giving out about it but the balls are actually biodegradable and they disintegrate and then there's actually fish food inside Lovely. so they're not throwing away rubbish not bad the for the environment around it. no i was so impressed by it in fact i kind of wish i took one home because i'd love i want to kind of investigate i thought like it just, just fascinates me feed the fishes back in the house like yeah it'd be great yeah. i think um but no it was a really good event and there are some really cool people out there um connor sketches um kieran donny joe canning obviously marty morrissey um loads of well-known people um ga stars sports stars um john o'shea was there 
Lovely footballer. Strong Waterford man. Yeah, so yeah. no, it was really great. I have to say the turnout was brilliant and load locals turned up. The weather was great. Were you chatting to John O'Shea? Um, I actually get chit-chatting to him properly, no. One of the nicest men you'll ever meet in your life. He's a lovely tan, yeah. I tell you. They've lo- they all have lovely tans. They yeah. all actually... <laughs> actually his personality, not as... Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, they all actually turned out they were all golfing all day and they um, none of them wore sun cream, which is a very bad idea. You should yeah. wear sun cream even when it's not sunny. I know, I have some on my desk inside. Yeah, uh, yes, must borrow window, some. You know? So they, um, they learned the hard way that uh, if you are golfing by the ocean... And you Irish. get Yep, yeah, there you go. So <laughs> that's happened. Um, no, it was really cool, I have to say. And uh, you can watch that video in full up on our Facebook page right now and limmerpost.com forward slash show. And how was the chat with Marty and Connor? Did you see how the chat with Marty ended? Tell us. Tell us about it. <laughs> well, I don't want to give too much away. I think you'll have to watch the video. Yeah. It's very, yeah, it's, it's quite fun. Um, I might not be around this weekend. Sorry. <laughs> that's all I'm so saying. Pop over to Facebook and limmerpost.e for a, a watch of that. Yeah. Now, earlier in the week as well, we had a nice chat with Emma Langford. Yes, um, singer-songwriter from Limerick City. Um, she's also super sound and super talented. So we chatted her in 101 on O'Connell Street in the Secret Garden. The secret yes, Garden. Yes, which yeah. nobody knows about because it's secret. But a lot of people are there at the weekends when it's open. <laughs> um, they just don't know how they got there. That's why exactly. it's secret. Yeah. You're like, and it's funny, we shared the video and a lot of people were like, where is that? But I uh, chatted to Emma all about her biggest gig to date, which is the 12th of July in the Ross Bryan Pavilion, which is the Old Crescent Rugby Club. And um, it's going to be huge. It's not just going to be a gig. It's like a show. She's a dancer. She's a huge band. Like it's going to be a spectacle. And then of course, Pig and Porter's on the next day, the Thai Rugby Festival. So it's kind of like using the marquee for a few different events across a few different days. So it's going to be a whopper weekend. And then of course, she performed her brand new track Goodbye Hawaii which the music video for drops on Friday so um, really exciting time for her and she worked with some really cool people as well um, as I said that interview is up online as well across all our platforms so make sure to check that out um, but yeah I think Emma's just um, like such a talent she's so um, great what a nice coincidence that the song drops the video on the same day that the Limerick Post show comes out on I Friday. Know. I know, what are the chances and as I said that interview in full will be out on Friday with her and yes you can watch the music video as well And how can people watch the Limerick Post show for those who don't know yet? Well, head over to limerickpost.e forward slash show and every Friday the full show will be there which will basically be, it's a roundup of everything that we did during the week, all the videos, all the interviews and all the crack we had and uh, it's been a jam-packed week actually. People say Limerick gets quiet during the summer. I'm like, no it doesn't, not not in this line of work. <laughs> <laughs> which is great to see, which is it's good to see that so many people are staying around for the summer as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's super busy, it's a load of exciting stuff happening and uh, loads to come up next week as well. So do you have more planned for the week? Are you heading down to the golf again? I'm hoping to, yeah. I got, I've been invited back down again. I want to go to see some of it because I think it's really cool for um, the West of Clare and I think it's just uh, all those big names and celebrities who are just walking around. I mean, like, that's pretty cool to be able to like walk around and breathe the same air and maybe, you know, follow them around the place. Lovely. And get a few and, photos. Uh, I probably won't get a chance to get down myself, so I asked you to pick up a green marker for yeah. me. And, like uh, You obviously didn't forget, did you? <laughs> There was no green markers available yesterday. I did want to get you a biodegradable golf ball, which I'd have to get my hands on. Um, but if I get back down to Lahinch, I will get you a green marker and not an actual marker that you write on the wall with. <laughs> Thanks very much, Megan. Thank you. Megan, enjoy the rest of your week. Will do. Joining me in studio now is sporting Limerick journalist, John Keogh. John, how are you? I'll go okay now. Very good after the weekend, I'd say. Yeah, farm farm is good around Limerick <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, I saw a lot of happy, smiley people walking around in the last few days. Yes. Let's start off where else but only that match. Where do you start? Yeah, um, just fantastic performance by Limerick yet again. Um, just shows that this team needs needs to win and needs to put in a put on a show. They're they're well capable of doing it. Against Waterford, they needed a result earlier on the Munster Championship round robin. 
They went down to Waterford, got it. Very good performance. Same thing happened against Clare in the Gaelic Grounds. The following game put in a huge performance that day. Okay, against Tipperary and Thurles, it wasn't up to the standards, but you know, for for I don't know. I think Limerick took control of that game after twenty odd minutes on I Sunday. I think that Tip Round Robin game was important though because it could put things into perspective and. Yeah, in lots of ways. Look, there there was this thing, and still, 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 people are saying it. Despite every one of people, every person involved with Limerick that has talked about it, people are still thinking that Limerick deliberately went down to Tipperary and lost. No team goes out to lose. No, no. it's the most ridiculous thing. Especially these guys want to go out and win every game. In the cold light of things, the next day when they looked at it, we're still in a monster final. Like some, like Anthony Daly, he was brilliant. Journalist, and I still send this podcast this week with the Irish Examiner that <laughs> I still think, think Limerick wanted to finish third, but once they were in the final, look, these guys want to win things, you yeah. know. And, and for Limerick, it's the shortest route to the poss- to a possible All Ireland final. That was what was on an offer on Sunday as well. But going back to the game, look, you know what, what Limerick did to Tipperary was just they just hit them so hard, and then. In the last 20 minutes, Tip just needed something. There was nothing left in the tank. So you were there at the match on Sunday. What was the atmosphere like when Tip scored that first goal? It was flat. There's no point saying it wasn't. The kind of air came out of the LIT Gaelic grounds, you know, just, oh, maybe maybe we're not as good as we thought we are, but the re- response was superb. Um, that pe- goal from Peter Casey. Peter Casey, great run from Aaron Gillan, who was well marked by Brendan Maher on the day, kind of kept Aaron Gillan Showed quiet. some confidence from him to take that run on before Absolutely. Yeah. Look, Limerick had a lot of goal chances too before that. Aaron Gillan had missed one. That's true. Yeah. You know, Garrett Hegarty had missed one. Kyle Hayes had missed one. Keen Lynch had missed missed one, you know, and they missed ones in the second half and that, long before Kyle Hayes got his goal. So, you know, you look at the score, the 12-point winning margin, in the end, it could have been a lot more. And of course, Nicky Quaid made a great save at a vital time from Shamie Cannon as Both well. Both keepers had superb. Yeah. Two superb keepers. But yeah, things went a bit flat after that goal. But once Aaron Gillan set up Peter Casey, and it was a great finish. And just finished on Gillan. He was well marked by Brendan Maher, but it opened up the space for, for Peter Casey. And Peter Casey put in a performance that people have been waiting for Peter Casey to do. It was threatening all year long. Bizarrely heard some people calling for Peter Case to do drop before this game. He's a supremely gifted and talented forward. You don't drop guys like him. Yeah. And he showed that with, by scoring 1-5 from play. He was unmarkable last Sunday. But just, you know, Limerick just went on a roll. But I have to go back with the intensity and ferocity in which they went about their business. Every time a Tipperary man had a ball, invariably. It wasn't one or two Limerick players, it was three or four, and they were hitting them hard. The real, real big thing for me, or one of the highlights for me of the games, I should say, was, it was late on enough a game over the far side, down by the city, city end terrace. And Tipperary were trying to work the ball out and try and get it downfield. Limerick just weren't letting them do it. It was the just physicality. The absolute physicality. It was one of the smaller guys in the team, Graham Mulcahy, hit the biggest Tipperary player, <laughs> Parik Mark. Now, I'm not sure how legal the hit was, but he flattened him. Yeah. Laid him straight out in his backside. And not only that, Paddy Maher got the ball away. And Mulcahy got in another hit immediately after. It was just symptomatic. Limerick got a sideline ball out of that. But it was just symptomatic of how Limerick went about and, and went about their business and there was no response you, you couldn't you're setting down a marker really with things like absolutely that, you know? setting down a marker they set down markers last year and as Kieran Carey says in, in, the, in the sports section this week of the paper you know he says it was the best he's ever seen from this crop of players I've met people on the field after the game after the game in different places and throughout the week so far 
and nobody can point to a better Limerick performance ever let alone over the last year or two yeah. when this team have come to fruition so you know that's how good Limerick were on Sunday so I mean you're into a semi-final now the likelihood is, is, is that it's going to be Cork or Kilkenny uh, in either the 27th or 28th of July you know so speaking of Kilkenny looking over to the Leinster final how do these Leinster teams stack up against any team from Munster well we can forget about Waterford at the moment maybe yeah it, it's, a, it's a good question you know Galway were, were raging hot favourites to come out of come out of um, Leinster. Leinster again yeah. this year but Wexford have won the Leinster Championship by winning one game so I mean you four draws in their round robin <laughs> games and they win the Leinster final now that's not taking anything away from Wexford yeah. they've been brilliant this year very unlucky not to win at least two or three of them games it's nice you to know. see Davy Fitz win that as well fantastic you know, for Davy yeah. Fitz much maligned he's put in Clare, a lot of work there in the last three years much maligned after Clare it didn't end well in Clare with him as manager yeah. despite winning on, on All-Ireland in 2013 but it was symptomatic as well of Wexford. They were so happy with him, the players. That Davey looks at that Davey was going to leave. And en masse, the players came down to Clare at the end of the last season, begging Davey to stay on. And If you hear the way he talks about the players and the players talk about him, it's a, it's a big loving in Wexford at the moment with Davey. And the proof is in the pudding with the results. You know, you can't... They're Leinster champions, you know. I mean, and in a world where managers are constantly on the chopping block, mm. it's nice to see the support from the players. Yeah, well, yeah. Davy's re- reinvigorated—not Davy on his own, of course. Yeah. The people with Davy and the players have a huge part, but he's reinvigorated Wexford hurling. You know, there's fifty-two thousand people at the, at the Leinster final in Croke Park. Every game in Wexford Park over the last few years has been pretty much a sellout, whether at league or championship. The sales of jerseys, I believe, down on Wexford have gone through the roof as well. So, I mean, all the positives are coming from Wexford. To answer your question, we don't know how yeah. to stack up against Munster. People have said the Leinster Championship is more exciting. There's been more tighter games. But does that say the teams are on a certain level? You know, on any given day in Munster, it looks that any team can give each other a hammering. You know, so with, Lim- with Limerick coming out on top in the end, despite two losses... Um, Time will tell is the, is, the, is the realistic answer that we'll know come semi-final day where every team is. And, you know, Limerick will... Cork have caused... Just if Cork come through the Kilkenny quarter-final, yeah. which, as I said, isn't a foregone conclusion either that them two teams will get there. But if they do, you know, sets up another entry into the saga between Limerick and Cork. Cork have beaten Limerick twice this year in the, the league. and one last year. In the Munster Championship. Limerick, Limerick were six points down going into the last 10 minutes of the semi-final last year. They had an epic game in Cork in the round-robin stage, which ended up in a draw. You know, Cork's, Cork people feel they have the number on Limerick. So, again, it's it's mouth-watering stuff for the next three weeks, but Limerick and Wexford can sit back and relax. And the challenge for Limerick now, and John Kiley was very pointed in saying this after the game, when he was asked about how, how did it feel to have all three major trophies in between Munster League and All-Ireland in their back pocket effectively and he was saying as good as it is and you can't deny how great it is his focus is this is like 20 minutes after the game focus had turned to four weeks time in an All-Ireland semi-final saying our focus at the start of the year was getting back to Croke Park in the championship they've done that he said not only the four weeks the eight weeks as well which meant an All-Ireland final John, John said that last year as well said and the year before, his first year in charge, where Limerick lost, played two games and lost both to Clare and Kilkenny, he said, your focus at the start of the year, our focus is certainly winning and unearned, because what are you at if you're not focusing on that? 
Now, that, that's all well and good saying that when you're running on Ireland, but that's the mentality that's in this Limerick team. That's yeah. the mentality that was there at the start of last year, and that's why they won in Ireland. You have to ha- have that belief in what you're doing that will lead you to Croke Park and an All-Ireland all final day. So from Limerick's point of view, look, the performance has been talked about beyond belief, from 1 to 15. You have people talking about the full back line in Limerick. Forget about every other line, which is so <laughs> hard to do. But from 1 to 15, Limerick were outstanding. There yeah. was no weakness. It was a performance where yeah, everyone say beyond was. that because the, the subs made few subs came on, but the subs yeah. subs came on in that game. They didn't need to do anything. Yeah. It was done. The game was over when the subs came on. But people are talking about the full back line of Sean Finn, Michael Casey, and Richie English as perhaps being the greatest ever full back. Now that's very very early to be talking like that, and people are already talking about Sean Finn has been hurled already here. That all disappears if Limerick lose and all earns. Exactly. So, look, it's fantastic. It's great. Limerick are Munster champions, all Ireland champions, and league champions. We'll enjoy it because, as you saw, the scenes afterwards and the players were were talking about that. How how much fantastic it was for Limerick to see for them to be up receiving a trophy and look down on a sea of green. It was the exact same in two thousand and thirteen when the last one Munster against Cork. Then it was it was a similar type of thing, but. There's just a positivity surrounding this Limerick team. And fans, this is one thing I, I really thought was interesting. A lot of people were saying, well, Tipperary beat Limerick fairly comfortably the last day, you know, on the round robin. And why are, why are Limerick favourites? Is there a lot of money going on Limerick? Just blind fate? I said, no, people believe in this yeah. Limerick team. And that's what it is. There's, there's an affinity between this Limerick team, this group of players and the fans, you know. I think you saw on the field some of the players being up on people's shoulders. Some players would be feeling a bit awkward about that and not quite yeah. enjoy it. They were loving it. Dermot Burns and Aaron Galan were absolutely loving. It was a throwback to many years ago many, when you'd see it, you know. Yeah, that's, that was that was exactly it. Yeah. So, you know, all them scenes will live long, long in the memory for any Limerick person that's interested in GA or maybe not interested in GA. Just to see Limerick on such a positive light is, is just fantastic for any Limerick person. And uh, sticking with the LIT Gaelic grounds, a lovely win for the minor hurlers, Munster champions as well. Yeah, it set up the day for the seniors as well and there was a great crowd. It was great to see a game that started at half 11 and a lot of Limerick fans came very early on. It was a lot that came very late as well. But look, that's the nature of minor games in general, let alone the ones that started at half 11. Another fantastic performance. Claire had a very good start to the game. And looked, looked fairly good early on, but Limerick eventually settled. Cahill O'Neill, who's been the star turn for this team this season and last season, um, slotted four points in a row to put Limerick into the lead for the first time. It was a lead. They never lost them or they were never behind again. Just a, just a fantastic performance. And just showed as well, Shane Mean got a stunning goal for Clare, brought them right back into the game. And Limerick, from the very next puck out, worked their way into a goal chance and took and, and buried it, Patrick O'Donovan scored the goal, flicked it and passed the Clare keeper. You know, it was just the response was fantastic. Very talented group of players. And the manager, Dermot Mullins, who's, who's a leash man, uh, teaching out in Crescent, vice principal out in Crescent College. Um, after the game, just paying tribute to the players. And look, look the, the remit of the minor management and 21s management, or 20s management now, is to create players and get them ready for senior hurling. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. So you see the likes of Kyle Hayes, still under 21 really, isn't he? He's, he's 21 20, this year. Yeah. He's only 20, yeah. Kyle Captain Limerick Miners a few years ago when they were last in the Ireland final. If you look, as we've already mentioned, six years ago, Limerick won the senior Munster Championship, but the minor team won the Munster Minor Championship that year as well after a replay against Waterford. Sorry, Keane. Um, <laughs> but there was there was like six something like six or seven starters from that 2013 minor team started for the seniors. Mm. If not more, I could be wrong on that stat, but... 
you know, so there's the pathway. If, if any of them minor players that were playing on Sunday just want any example of what a, a good minor career, now it's a different now where it's under 17s, not under 18s. But Keane Lynch was, spoke about it after the game as well. Look, we were, we were here after drawing a minor final six years ago watching the seniors win and said it just inspired us yeah. like, so Hopefully fantastic win fantastic double again and it's, look it's all coming up great you, even last night you had Limerick beating Tip again in an under 20 football quarter final with the last minute or injury time 45 from Oolis Jack Downey look it's brilliant for the GA and Limerick it's fantastic yeah. and we're, go- we're going to talk about the Camogie next and more victories there yeah, you know so go into it there then John yeah we're out in Croke for the Limerick uh, senior Camogie team second championship game of the 2019 season and despite a poor enough start against Wexford they did well to be level at the break but a very impressive second half performance on Limerick to an 8 point win they're, they've harder games to come but they're virtually assured of an All-Ireland quarter final now on, on the back of the wins against Offaly and Wexford last time out so Niamh Mulcahy coming up with 14 of the 18 points a huge performance from Niamh uh, that's 25 points I think in two games she's leading scorer in the championship so far always a fantastic Camogie player and, and the quality of the Camogie has risen in the last few years I think 100% yeah. you know and, and look the proof will be in the pudding for Limerick now and over the next two games they would have been expected to beat Offaly in Wexford even though there were two tough games but Limerick came out on top and it's the first time I think since 2005 they've won two back to back senior Camogie championship games so that, that, that in itself this group improving consistently but the big challenge now starts over the next couple of weeks in playing Galway, who beat them comfortably in the league semi-final, and Kilkenny, who have been one of the best teams in Camogie for the last five or six years. But all you can do is take on that challenge. And that's it. And hope for a, a long summer ahead. Well, that's it. Yeah. Look, there's progress being made with this Camogie team. You know, that they're still a little bit off maybe where Galway, Kilkenny and Cork are. But the only way you, you, you improve is by reaching, by playing against these teams consistently. I think if that's you look at all the... GA teams in Limerick they're all improving oh 100% yeah. the footballers and incremental improvements this year that led to a win yeah. in the Munster Championship against Tipperary were unlucky against Westmead in the qualifier a couple of th- different things could have went their way Okay, a, a bad beating by Cork in, in the Munster semi-final but you're lucky if the under 20s playing tonight against Cork down in Cork the under 20 hurlers as I've already mentioned the under 20 footballers the minor hurlers get a minor footballers and have a great campaign but you know you're you're looking at a lot of Limerick teams in GA circles doing very well and it's only positive things Brilliant. looking to the future. So uh, moving from the Gaelic games over to soccer, Limerick FC suffered a loss on the weekend. Yeah, first home defeat of the season for Limerick FC. Um, losing 1-0 to the top of the table, Shelburne. And anyone who was at the game, coming out of the markets feel, OK, you've lost to the top of the team, the table shells, and you're yeah. looking, ah, fair enough, maybe that's... Golfing class, there was no golfing class for the first 45 minutes. Limerick were by far the better team. Penalty chance on just, I think it was around 21st minute. Um, Kieran Hanlon was pushed for a penalty in the box. Um, Darren Murphy stepped up. Darren Murphy's taken a few penalties this season, scored them, but he tried what is known as the Penenka. Saw the keeper go dive early and tried to chip it in, and it went horribly wrong. Went over the bar. Looks good when it works out. Looks fantastic when it works, but when it doesn't, it looks extremely bad. And Tommy Barrett was very critical of Darren Murphy after the game for even trying it. I imagine he wasn't too happy. No, he wasn't a happy man. And that's putting it fairly mildly. Um, And then, like something 15, 16 minutes later, and Limerick still were well in the game and still playing very well at this stage. Didn't drop the head after that penalty miss. Jack Brady makes another error. Ball 
trickling over the end line. He tries to shield it out. Shelburne striker Kieran Kilduff got a foot to it, flicked it back into play, shrugged off Jack Brady and then puts in a brilliant finish into the net from a very acute angle, but it was just another mistake. And the air just went out of the players after that. Shells then picked it up in the second half, that lovely football. I mean, they're a Premier Division squad of a yeah. fantastic group of players that Limerick were holding their own against in the first half. But they just cl- closed out the game. There was nothing really in the game for the second half for Limerick. And a 1 0 defeat, fairly frustrating as Limerick are looking to a playoff place. But again, Keane, we say it every week that the off the field problems take yeah. centre stage. Yeah, we saw Conor Ellis leave. Conor Ellis was gone. Conor Ellis was at the game supporting the Limerick yeah. team on, on Friday night. But well, he was fairly positive about his time at Limerick. Absolutely yeah. was, yeah. I mean, look, it, it didn't end well, but he's become, he's got what he needed as a footballer from Limerick, um, which was regular first team football at a high enough level. Okay, he had it last year, but he played through injuries. He's really shown what he can do this season. be interesting to see where he ends up. Yep. But then, that's Conor Ellis, that's one. Will Fitzgerald has been a very promising player for Limerick. He's only played something like 10-15 minutes against Limerick's last game, previous to the Shelburne one, before the break. He played 10-15 minutes against in the one-all draw at Wexford. And Limerick fans have been hoping to see Will Fitzgerald come back. And Tommy was only saying it last week that he'll be slowly back, re- reintroduced back into things because of the nature of the injury. Well, there was no Will Fitz in the Limerick squad on Friday night and seems to be heading back to the Premier Division. So that's another huge loss for Limerick yeah. FC. K- Killian Bruder, who's been in outstanding form at centre-half this season, and another young starlet in Colin Walsh at Lachlan. Their contracts ended on Sunday. Not sure of the situation there, but I don't see a fairly depleted squad as it I is. I don't see them re resigning like you know, yeah. you would Clyde O'Connell come in from Regional United. Um he may not his, it's not his first debut at Limerick he's been with Limerick before he came off the bench in the in the Shells game which showed where Limerick are squad wise that your player you signed two days before that game yeah. gets straight onto the bench and straight into the the first sub on like um other players expected to leave this week maybe before their next game against Longford in the, in the markets field, you know, it's just... By looking at the Longford game, it's a chance for them to turn around what happened last week. It, it, it is. What do you think their chances are? It is keen, but if you're losing another three starters yeah. from your team, I mean, what do you have left? You know, it's been thin on the ground anyway, the squad, so... The job Tommy Barrett's done with the squad he had anyway. Yeah, anyway, he was doing a fantastic job as it was, so you yeah. take another three or four. Limerick didn't have the full complement of seven on the bench again on, against Shells, so... It, it, it's only going one way you yeah. know it, it's there is no positive outcome we've said that for months as great as things are on the field the off the field issues were going to come and bite Limerick in the backside again at some stage yeah. and that's what's happening so whether we see whether we see a game on Friday I don't know we're, we're, we're at Wednesday Wednesday afternoon yeah. at the moment we, we don't know what's we'll going to happen we'll show up and we'll, we'll hope we'll show up and hope <laughs> and hopefully Limerick can do something but it is it delaying the inevitable it very much looks that way at yeah. the moment and hopefully know, we, not I think every city deserves to have it 100% but every city deserves to have a, a competitive team yeah. that's been run right and Limerick have, has not been run right for a number of years now so we'll see what happens Friday and who knows we could be here next week talking about a Limerick win and a bit more positivity or hopefully. we could be or we could be realistically talking about negativity and again. hopefully not hopefully not is right so uh, going from the soccer there's a bit of rugby news yeah Mike Sherry um, announced his retirement Munster hooker one cap for Ireland as well um, announced his retirement during the week um, big shame Mike Sherry up to 
two or three years got a huge future ahead of him he was in his mid to late 20s 31 now and having to retire just injuries he's had horrific injuries over a three year period and the last two seasons he's been back with Munster but he did brilliantly to come back two seasons ago everyone was shocked that he made it back did he hit the levels he had beforehand no is the, is the answer and he was freely admitting to that in the statement he released about his retirement but 108 appearances for Munster big servant looked to have a huge future as I said before them injuries took hold did remarkably well to even come back from what he went through injury wise he said himself he wasn't to even get out onto the training field every week he was in pain and it was a very difficult struggle so just yeah he, he finished the season on loan at Gloucester played five games for Gloucester over in the English Premiership um, just an, a shame really that he wasn't able to add to his one cap against the USA in 2013 but a monster stalwart as he said himself who who lived out his dream in playing for Munster from the age of 10 he said it was his goal to play for Munster um, lived out that dream big servant Gary Owen rugby yeah. as well his club was very thankful for to everyone just an honest player who gave everything when he was on the field and even though he wasn't being kept on by Munster he was he was pursuing a professional contract for from other avenues for a little bit and then just said look hold on your body's telling you something here so just look so does he have any plans for retirement now no, no mention or? no mention yeah, he's going to pursue another opportunities outside of the playing side of things whether that's coaching or not time will tell but huge loss to Munster you know at, at his full tilt he was a supremely talented player who gave everything for the cause and just unlucky ha- with injuries unlucky with injuries and it's just a shame to see a player having to retire so young just elsewhere with Munster uh, back in pre-season training this week ahead of the new season only seems like yesterday that the last season finished but they're back already um, which is the nature of things 1st yeah. of July means pre-season time so Pro 14 starts four weeks later this week with the World Cup and there's a break in the World Cup as well but Johan van Graan isn't there it's the strength and conditioning staff that so there's absolutely no rugby on this week <laughs> Johan van Graan and JP Ferrer the defence coach come back into things next week Stephen Larkham the new backs coach and senior coach comes in August and Graham Rountree the new forwards coach comes after the World Cup after his involvement with Georgia finishes he joins Munster then so that's that's where we are with rugby for the moment keep an eye on it and then uh, just to wrap up John some positive news for cricket in Limerick yeah Limerick Cricket Club announced uh, during the week a sponsorship deal with uh, the Woodlands House Hotel in Adair um, the Limerick Cricket Club uh, played their home games in Adair Manor Fields just hugely po- positive mood, uh, move to see the Woodlands House Hotel, who are a huge supporter of Limerick Sport, has sponsored the Camogie and ladies football teams, yeah. as as well as many other things. The Fitzgerald family have been outstanding people for Limerick Sport in general. Of course, Connor played with both the Limerick Hurlers and Limerick Senior Footballers with great distinction over the years. Just positive news for Limerick Cricket Club, and if you go onto their website, you'll be able to get some of their new gear, which is pretty cool as well. Nice one. John, thanks for joining us. No problem. As always, all our sports content is brought to you in association with Sporting Limerick. For more sports news, that's minority sports, major sports and podcasts and videos, visit sportinglimerick.com or following the hashtag SportLK across all social media channels. John, thanks very much for joining us. Cheers, Ken. This week's podcast is brought to you by Harvey Norman, who have their half-yearly clearance sale now on. Two homecoming gigs make Eric Fitzgerald's entertainment section this week. The first and main piece on page 63 of this week's Limerick Post is an interview with Hermitage Green ahead of their two upcoming gigs at King John's Castle. 
Singer and guitarist Dan Murphy tells Eric they didn't expect tickets to sell because the band hadn't released anything in the past two years, but says Limerick audiences have just been so enormously supportive of them. Hermitage Green play King John's Castle on Friday and Saturday, July 26th and 27th, with the Saturday show sold out, and that full interview is available on page 20. And that full interview is available on page 63 of this week's Limerick Post newspaper and online at limerickpost.ie. The second homecoming show on Eric's page is for Michaela Davis, with homecoming in inverted commas. The, no. the second homecoming show is for Michaela Davis, with homecoming in inverted commas. The New York singer songwriter harpist released her debut album in 2018 and is coming back to Ireland for a tour this month, accompanied by songwriter slash guitarist Keen McCarthy. The reason she tells Eric for returning to Ireland is guitarist Keen's whole family is from Limerick. Michaela Davis plays Dolan's on Thursday, July 11th. And for all entertainment news, you can pick up a copy of this week's Limerick Post newspaper on page 63 and beyond or over on limerickpost.ie. And remember, this week's Limerick Post news roundup is brought to you by Harvey Norman with their half-yearly clearance sale now on. I'm now joined in studio by our arts editor, Rose Rush. Rose, how are you this week? I'm great, back wearing my mm. arts helmet with you as a After a busy to. week last week. Yeah, 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 the industry feature, huge success for us now. I think we're all happy with it. Brilliant. And uh, there's some lovely weather this week, Rose. Yes, dear. And we're inside working in yeah. your windowless room. What other way would you want it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Rose, looking at the arts this week, some uh, news of winners from the Tracor Film Festival. Yeah, a nice pop of news here from the lovely Anne Blondell. She's the uh, coordinatrice culturelle with Alliance Francaise Limerick and she and Maria Hensi of Alliance Francaise Limerick are the two women who principally secured three core international film festival for us here in Limerick and for people who don't know this festival Limerick is the one site in Ireland in in which the 3840 um, competitive films are screened annually and if that sounds like a lot of films the three core means very short each is capped at four minutes and many films come in at far less anyway we've this year's international winners to tell people about the lovely thing about limerick is we seem to have good taste and we get to vote this is it when you watch them you get to vote on the this is it and the public vote is one of the competition winners worldwide the Limerick audience of 200 voted for Broccoli and uh, Broccoli, interestingly, won the um, won the international public vote. And I call it a brief crowd pleaser by German filmmaker. Folks, I have no German. Ivan Sans Pardo. And he gets another prize again. His, his future in filmmaking seems to be secured for, for now because he gets the Canal Plus Award and they're a filmmaking producer who would work a great deal with continental films and French film. Brilliant. So Limerick's taste stands up to the rest of the international community. Absolutely. Yeah. And the huge grand prize is uh, is for Quist, which um, our own editor, Will Ryan, went to see. And uh, Will told me he adored it. It got his vote. It's just a very short, uh, very graphic, funny, funny, funny comedy from Norway. Brilliant. 
That's good to hear. National stereotypes can surprise us. (laughs) So the Tricord Film Festival is one worth checking out the next time it's around, Rose. Yes, indeed. And more details on Tricord.com and again, the Facebook of Alliance Francaise Limerick. They'll have the full list of competition winners. There's about 10. I won't bore you with them. Excellent. And then uh, on to some classical music, Rose. Yeah, a lady who made a big impression on me recently is Kellyanne Masterson. She also made a big impression on the Rising Stars competition in University Concert Hall, which is led by director Sinead Hope. Kellyanne Masterson, who works with uh, Opera Ireland Collective, she, uh, Opera Collective Ireland, she was chosen as one of their Rising Stars to present her own programme and be accompanied on stage in a formal concert setting. And she was again picked up by um, Killaloo Chamber Music Festival for their Teleman opera, Pimpinioni. She uh, did a gorgeous turn in that as a greedy chambermaid who worms her way into a position in society that's very moneyed indeed. Good luck to you, girl. Way to go. <laughs> Kelly Ann will be singing in Kimari Arts and Heritage Centre on Thursday, July the 11th. It's an 8.30pm concert. Tickets at the door, about 15 quid, but I think there's a glass of wine. Lovely. Something like that. Refreshments are involved, according to my mole out there. That's Marion Hurley, the former councillor, who's very active in the restoration of what was Kinmurray Church, as it's now known as Kinmurray Arts and Heritage Centre. That's Thursday, July the 11th, 8.30pm, and Kellyanne Masterson's programme will be accompanied by Conor McCarthy, a Limerick man. Yeah, that sounds Institute like a good, uh, good evening, a lovely sounds evening. Sounds like a delight for some reason. And then from classical music to jazz. Yeah, the big whammy. And talking to festival director, who's annually, it's John Daly in this instance. He's chair of Limerick Jazz Society in Limerick. They've been running Limerick Jazz Festival now for, oh God, seven to eight years. Brilliant. Um, This year, their funding is back in place. They have a a terrific, terrific lineup. They're all big names, John assures me. He's very proud of this festival. And whilst it unofficially has a soft opening, this festival on the last Thursday in September um, with a jazz trail around town. There are five reliable venues who work with Limit Jazz Society on this and they get funding for um, so that the Souths will host a particular act. The Hunt Museum will host a particular act. Uh, De Vincenzo's restaurant, the anteroom there upstairs in the lovely George Hotel, uh, they host an act as well. And I think there are two other venues. One of them could be one of the music clubs. Uh, and not one of the music clubs. Well, the clubs. three you mentioned are all beautiful in their own right as well, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. They have a certain thing about them, yeah. Exactly. So that festival, the huge headline opener is the Darius Brubeck Quartet. That's on Friday, September 27 in Dolan's. All the concerts are in Dolan's this year, either the warehouse or the upstairs venue. Darius Brubeck is the famous David Brubeck's quartet. Uh, he's bringing out, he's a, he's a composer and top quality musician in his own right. And worked indeed as a professor in music in, in South Africa for a while. So no doll, he presents the most uh, dapper, suited and suited uh, quartet. They're based in Britain and Essex, so it's easy for them to come here. And uh, the Brubeck Quartet will be doing some of Dave Brubeck's music. And of course, some written by Darius Brubeck, who is a significant star in his own right and a respected composer. Okay, so much more interesting news going on. 
Read Arts page tomorrow, folks, and you can look at the stories that rolls out online over the weekend, possibly Sunday, I think. Excellent. And Rose, briefly, you have uh, an interview with Emma Langford about her new music coming out. No, I don't have an interview. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> the lovely Megan, Megan Scully, Scully has an does, interview. Which we'll seek to uh, maybe in a couple of minutes. Yep. Again, and I'll allow you to tell the listener why. Um, my interview was for another festival again, and this one is Limerick Summer Music. It's the third iteration of this mid-July festival. This year it takes place on Friday, July 12, in a pop-up venue called the Bryan Pavilion. And that's this very lovely 700, very lovely and secure and well-built uh, marquee in the heart of Old Crescent RFC, which is host to um, the World Tag Rugby Games for that week. Pig and Porter, yep, that'll yeah. be on that week. So Michael was telling me from his phone, God love him, he was in the south of France with his family. He tells me if he stands outside the shade, it's 48 Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> so he introduced me from the shade of his balcony where it's a more modest 34 Celsius. <laughs> and I think he just about held it together for me, okay? Uh, he's telling me that, um, what's culture? And in, in, it's, it's a really lovely quote, okay? You can ask what culture is, Michael reflects. In my book, it is what the people of a place, a, a locality do and gravitate towards. For Limerick, rugby is huge and so is the voice. It's true. So yeah. for the concert element, let's hop over to Megan Scully's Limerick Post show. And she There's has a performance with Who? Emma Langford. And here we go. You know the funny thing about the day you realize who or what you are is that by the time it happens you're probably not that anymore and the funny thing is logic states for things to break they first must fall and like any small or precious thing you give nothing or you give all i can't give you any more than that i don't trust my clumsy feet not to make me fall flat and the heart's the only muscle tissue so, Rose, thanks very much for joining us and go out and enjoy the weather for yourself. Lovely evening ahead. Cheers and beers, keen you dying martyr. That full performance with Emma is available on limerickpost.ie forward slash show. So that's it for this week's Limerick Post News Roundup. I've been your host, Keen Reinhardt. I'd like to thank Jerry Collison, Megan Scully, John Keogh and Rose Rush for joining me this week. For more news, sport, entertainment, arts, lifestyle news and much, much more, visit limerickpost.ie or by following the hashtag Keeping Limerick Posted on all social media channels. This week's podcast is brought to you by Harvey Norman, where their half-yearly clearance sale is now on. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt, and we really are keeping Limerick posted.